Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it. Now release slowly. Again, deep inhale. Hold. Release. Repeating internally to yourself as you connect to my voice. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I'm Debbie Brown, and this is the Deeply Well. 
podcast. Welcome to Deeply Well, a soft place to land on your journey, a podcast for the curious, the creative, and those ready to expand in higher consciousness and self-care. This is where you heal. This is where you become. I'm Debbie Brown, and this episode, we are going to be unpacking so many yummy, delicious understandings around sex and intimacy. I had the beautiful pleasure of having my dear friend, Simone Farshi, on an episode two seasons ago, and it was such a powerful episode that so many really connected to. And in the episode, we talked about some about my journey in this space, a lot about Simone's work and the deep need for women to have the space to reclaim their bodies and come into a deeper embodiment and a deeper understanding of the way that they experience, receive, and desire pleasure. I am so excited to take this conversation even deeper this episode. I am joined by Simone Farshi, an accredited and respected sex and intimacy coach. Simone has always felt drawn to the exploration of sensuality. As she developed her own sexual being throughout her life, it's been with an awareness and search for healthy intimacy. While it wasn't always found in her early relationships, she focused on the lessons, eventually building her life's work around her calling. Simone is a sex educator, intimacy coach, sexological body worker, and public speaker. She is featured in the Epics TV series Sex Life and in NYC Journal as 2002's Best Coaches. Her mission is to elevate relationships, demystify pleasure, and empower people in their sexuality. Simone began this work because she experienced a huge gap in the education available to women regarding awareness of their bodies and fulfilling their sexual needs without shame or preconceived ideas. She's a certified life coach, trained as a doula, somatic practitioner, peristeme hydrotherapist, and body sex facilitator and mother. Simone is the founder of The Pleasure Plus, an online community that brings women together to learn how to have fulfilling and emotionally intelligent relationships, be empowered and secure in their bodies, be authentically themselves, gain sexual agency, trust their choices, and communicate desires, becoming more magnetic, radiant, and fulfilled in all aspects of their lives. She offers private coaching sessions, pleasure mentorships, online courses, and retreats. Welcome back, my friend. So good to be here. (sighs) Wow. You are doing the Lord's work, girl. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, uh, you know, when I read through your bio and and just having the honor of knowing you personally and, and having worked with you, the thing that that really comes to the forefront of my mind a lot is what a honor it is to be alive at this moment in time and to be a woman at this moment in time in human history. Because everything that I just spoke to in your mastery and in your presence and in the way that you help others, it's language, it's thoughts, it's process that has never existed before. 
or at least not in a way where you could say it out loud and so celebrate it. And there also be a deep reverence for the understanding of the need for it. Mm. So, wow. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's an honor to be available, you know, for the journey for myself and for women and for men. And as we're all exploring what it means to be a sexual human being in this era. So for everyone listening, um, for those that haven't yet, highly recommend going back and listening to the part one I did with Simone about two seasons ago. The episode is called Sexual Healing featuring Simone Farshi. It is a beautiful episode. And we really expand into a lot of baseline understanding of what sexology work is um, and how to invite in more pleasure in your life. And for this episode, I really want to take it higher and I really want to expand. And, you know, one of the things that I've had the chance to talk to you about that I'm so excited to share with the audience is since I was last speaking to you on this show, you had an incredible out-of-the-country pleasure retreat with an amazing group of women. And you've since facilitated this work in several other countries and here in the U.S. And I really want to talk to you about that retreat experience and, and really paint the picture for those listening of what this work looks like and what it can be in your life. So I think to start, I mean, how was your experience? Oh, oh my gosh. That retreat was one of the most magical experiences Mm. I have experienced in my life. Um, Just, you know, being able to work with these women that I I had been working with since before the pandemic and during the pandemic, Mm. and then to come together in person was a new experience for all of us, you know, to actually be in the space of others and be able to practice sensuality and just celebrate, you know, be in the space of let's celebrate not let's like be held down by what's been happening. And so that was magical. And then of course, you know, I moved to Mexico during the pandemic. So that became my home and living in a space that just breathes and feels sensual. Like you're Mm -hmm. tropical, you're in the ocean, you have access to all the flora and fauna and wildlife. It brings you back to the core of your primalness. So that added to the retreat. And the basis of the retreat was, um, you know, all around my studies with Betty Dodson. And Mm. so it was basically a body sex retreat. I called it yum retreat because yum is my favorite word. And it really, um, you know, feels like what I'm doing and what we are doing together. Um, But yeah, it was juicy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Actually, hold on. Let me dial it back. I think we do need to create another baseline. What is body sex work? What is pleasure work and why is it needed by women and why are women seeking it out now? Yeah. So the basis of the work that I do and and body sex is it's actually quite simple. It's really just, you know, taking it back to the ABCs of your body, Mm. learning your anatomy. We touched on this a little bit in the first episode um, on pleasure mapping, but we've been stripped away from understanding our anatomy how to express what we want, what we don't want, our desires, the inner workings of desire, how that fits into our day-to-day lives. Um, So that's first and foremost what it is. It's just like, okay, 
this is, these are your genitals. This is your vulva. This is your vagina. Like let's name the actual parts and not be afraid to actually say those names. Um, let's create a practice where we can touch our body. Let's see what it feels like to create a pleasure practice. And by pleasure practice, I mean masturbation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have so much, there's so much stigma and shame and fear around being seductive and and being sexual and having this erotic practice with ourselves. I mean, we shame men for it. Women, often women don't do it. Um, There is like a huge orgasm gap about like, how do we get there? How do I feel turned on? Um, Am I performing for myself? Am I performing for them? So yeah, the basis is learning the anatomy and figuring out what it feels like to, to be orgasmic to have an orgasm, to practice that. Um, we do genital show and tell, <laughs> genital show and share, which is looking. Speak to that. What yeah. Is, what, is, what is genital show and share? Yeah, most people hear that and they're like, what? Like, oh my God, <laughs> she's doing what? <laughs> um, well, we we get to actually take a mirror and, and look at our genitals. And um, in the workshop, it looks like we're all in a circle. Um, so this workshop is actually, we're all naked. Uh, I greet you at the door naked. I'm naked. Wow. You undress, you unrobe. Um, so there a lot of that is just like how much armor are we constantly yeah, carrying? Wow. And um, how much armor also do we have, uh, you know, around other women? Like we project so much. There's like a huge... Um, you know, impact on, on the sister wound that we have mm. around other women and how that impacts our ability to be sexual or sensual or, or carry that within the way we walk. Um, so that's how it starts. And yeah. um, at the end of day one, we do genital show and share, which is I sit next to you. We have a mirror and we're naming the parts of our genitals, which wow. most women have never actually done, never actually taken a mirror and looked yeah. at themselves. Yeah. And I can speak for myself. I know I didn't even do that um, until after I had my child. Wow. And that was like, well, my body had already transformed so much. Mm. Um And to do that consistently, to build that practice, to feel comfortable, to look at ourselves in the mirror. Um, And then how about women look at you? It's, okay. I mean, this is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, this is so powerful. You know, there's there's so many things that I want to speak to just holding here for a second. Um, You know, so many women cannot even look themselves in the mirror at all. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people moving through their life's experience and avoiding eye contact with themselves because of unprocessed shame, because of trauma, because of so many things, mm-hmm. right? So many things that no one will ever know about. Mm-hmm. Then there are so many women who, when naked, like even when just needing to change their clothes, want to get through it, want to rush through it as fast as possible. And it's hard to come into a presence with oneself to just be with oneself in the nude, let alone other people, let alone a partner. There have been so many experiences that have happened in the lives of women that keep them from feeling pleasure when having sex. Mm 
or even trying to self-pleasure and it makes you reject yourself. It makes you not want to attempt it. Or again, it makes you want to completely rush through the experience and be done with it. And society has also trained us to do that in so many ways, especially with our sexual lives, even if there is not trauma present um, because of all the societal conditioning and the conditioning of porn that is made for the male gaze and typically the white male gaze. Mm. So there, you know, I want to center that um, as you continue, because if you're connecting to this episode and you haven't heard the previous episode or you haven't yet heard about work like this, some of what we're sharing can and may feel very shocking Mm -hmm. or feel deeply uncomfortable or silly even or squirmy or cringy or multitude of things. And it can also feel as you're listening awe-inspiring and radical and revolutionary and liberating. So as we continue to expand in this conversation, and we're going to be speaking very clearly, just as Simone has been, about a lot of these topics Mm -hmm. and a lot of words that may not be naturally said in conversation, I want to encourage you as you're listening to this, as long as you feel comfortable and able to really lean in, to really tap in, to really dismantle any barriers to your own pleasure, to dismantle any belief systems that may be outdated and don't serve you as you currently are as a woman. Because something I know for a fact, and we've talked about this um, through so many conversations I have and so many clients and so many experiences, women are craving right now at the deepest level a desire to be more aligned in what we are verbally expressing as our femininity. Mm -hmm. That can be a very charged word, and it's a word that's been used as a tool of projection. But if we get that out of the way, there's this deeper desire to connect to that inner sacredness, that inner divinity, that ability to feel and to give pleasure. So get a little more comfortable wherever you're seated right now. Mm -hmm. Get your seatbelt on. (laughs) And I'm sorry, please continue. So as you, and I know right now you're kind of expressing too, like some of the magic that went down at that retreat you had. When you're doing an experience like that, and women who I'm sure, even if you signed up for the retreat and you you knew walking in, I'm about to bear it. I'm sure there has to be when women first walk in that room, for some, a little sense of fear. Yeah. What does that look like <laughs> when you're seeing that? And, and as you're beginning, like paint the picture for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'll let you guys know that I have, you know, one-on-one conversations with everybody that comes on the retreat. This isn't something you can just like click a button and purchase. Right. And show up and, <laughs> and like, I'm naked. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know, this is what we're doing. You know, are you comfortable with that? And wow. Um, and that's wow. a lot of the reason why women come because they're not comfortable with that. And they want to yeah. change that within themselves. You know, they want to move past this fear and this block and this inability to be comfortable in their skin and body and with pleasure. Yeah. 
Yeah. But once people get there, they're like, okay, you know, and that's why I start the retreat like that. It's like, let's, we're getting naked right now. We're taking it Are off. there some giggles when you open the door and people just see you standing there? Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's oh, giggles. Hey, there's blank faces. <laughs> there's like, what right now? I'm, are, are you sure? Like, da, da, da. it's like, yeah, <laughs> come wow. on. We're doing it. And that's what I love about this wow. retreat too, because I'm right there with you. It's not like, um, I'm, ex- I'm doing all of the practices with you. Yeah. There's not some kind of like hierarchy hierarchy of, you know, I'm the teacher and I know this and you don't because as women, we're, we all have our stories and that's the beauty of it. We get to share it in that space and we get to look at each other's bodies. And, um, you know, many, many of us haven't had that opportunity, even with our mothers, you know, Mm. to see our mothers naked or, Mm. um, know what it it is like to have, you know, an an abnormal body. Um, so we, you know, we're like, is my body normal? Cause then we see porn and we're like, yeah, my body doesn't look like that. Yeah. You know, I have this. God, that's such a powerful point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like for a lot of, a lot of living people, you only see nudity. It's like if you happen to catch a porn or a National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And those are two very opposite extremes of the spectrum, you know, like, mm. so that's really, that's really something to sit in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had women walk through that door that have had, you know, genital mutilation or their mother has experienced that and they carry that with them. They feel like they can't have pleasure. Yeah. And then I have women that, you know, are, are multi-orgasmic and, you know, very sexual, but have only had that experience as a performative experience, mm-hmm. you know, in relationship with their partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and also women are walking through the door from the ages of 18 to, you know, mid sixties. Yeah. So we have yeah. this space where wisdom can be shared, perspective can be shared. And that also is so magical and so beautiful mm. to be like, wow, this is what I have to look forward to in that age. Or like, oh, I remember when I was living that, like in my 20s and like, oh, you know, um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to share stories in that primal, sensual space. Um, yeah. Mm. So let's get back to you are in a circle of women. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a mirror. Mm -hmm. What are they seeing and how are they responding? Yeah. So, you know, you come, you come up, you sit next to me. I'm right there with you. We have some almond oil and then we start mapping. So we're just like calling out the names, you know, the clitoris, the inner labia, the outer labia, um, the anus, like all the parts looking at it. And then, you know, around you are all the women also looking at you. And this is what's magical. We're all like, wow, she's so beautiful. She's glistening. She looks like a butterfly. She looks like an angel. Like she's pink. She's, you know, there's all these different colors. And to receive that like love and Mm. that appreciation Wow. In the moment, it is deeply reassuring. Yeah. And overwhelming in, in a way that's like joyous overwhelm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then we do it. Each each woman does it. So each woman gets her center stage moments. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's in and there's tears. And um I'll just I'll speak from my experience. So I had a torn inner labia after having childbirth. And I had a home childbirth. And it was an experience that left me feeling like I had lost my power in that moment because I knew that something had torn and something wasn't right. And I voiced it softly to my midwife and she didn't back me up in that moment. Mm. And so then I've lived with this, like, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. Like, I don't know. Now I'm like ugly. Now I'm damaged. And it affected my sexual experience for a long time after. Wow. And we think that, you know, because of our experiences or just because of how our body is that we, yeah, we're damaged or we can't accept pleasure in the same way. Uh, And so this experience of actually being able to share that, share something that's so vulnerable in a non-performative, sexually based experience, you get to release that. Whoa. Mm. I know, my God, that holds so much power. That has to be so freeing. Because even, you know, it's like you cannot, as you're on your journey with yourself and whatever pathways that's taking you to, there is so much power in being able to name it and call it out, right? Mm -hmm. And so for some, you know, there's always fear around any of it, Mm -hmm. whatever that thing is for each of us. But if you're talking about now in this day and age, like um, an emotional pain or an experience that happened or um, something more related to a healing that we're all now familiar with, we have a baseline of language. So you can talk about that now out loud with a little more ease. But an experience like you're describing it's such an intimate experience. It's such a specific experience. It's connected to your physical body. There may not be opportunity to bring that up anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And without it being acknowledged and very often said aloud and witnessed by mm-hmm. another, there's not really the power to move through it and to integrate the experience so that it doesn't still feel like such a pain point. There's so much power in that. And these ways, um, what I'm hearing you say, these like deeper layers we're able to have access to and these ways that we're able to greet the totality of our experience as women. Mm, hmm Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. We don't want to talk about these pain points when we're in an intimate, like a sexual yummy moment with a partner, you know? And it's it's like, like, how often are you that (laughs) naked and seen in that area? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And just like with the mirror work, like, um, you know, men have the privilege of having their genitals like outside of them, their body, right? Like for us, we have to like take the time to like really, (laughs) you know, look in. And um, so to to have this moment to really explore and play with ourselves, um, just like, again, that, you know, childlike wonder, that curiosity, like taking the seriousness off of the sexuality and bringing in the the pleasure, the playfulness. There's room for the, um, you know, the pain to, to be there, but we're in this experience, we're leaning into the pleasure and the presence. Yeah. 
Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Deeply. Wow. How can women start exploring their pleasure. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I'm so big on, um, on starting a self-pleasure practice. Self-pleasure practice. Yeah. What is a self-pleasure <laughs> practice? A self-pleasure practice is creating a space for yourself to, to masturbate, to masturbate mm. regularly. And, you know, I talk to a lot of women. I have a lot of clients that are definitely in the healing space, you know, spirituality is high on their practice. You know, they're doing their meditation, they have yeah. their, you know, skincare regimen, they're eating healthy. Um, but somehow we still don't incorporate our sexual practice into our spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And what I've found, yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's anchor here for a second, because I really want everyone to sink into that. Mm. Even the idea that sexual and spiritual can be combined, mm. and in my belief, are intended to be combined. This idea, like there is such a barrier to that um, in so many ways across so many disciplines, but they can be together. Sexual practice and spiritual practice can be one and the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we kind of, you know, touched on this when we were working together and it was like, you were so rooted in your practice, but I was like, it can be both. Like you can do both at the same time. You're like, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, no, it was really the breakthrough moment was when you had me do orgasmic yoga Yes, for 30 days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So orgasmic yoga is an intentionally based self-pleasure practice. You can also kind of call it mindful masturbation where you're setting a time, minimum 30 minutes. You set an intention. Um, I, I wish to feel an orgasm. I wish to feel a uh, intravaginal orgasm. I wish to feel joy. I wish to release this guilt and shame, whatever your intention is. And then you practice your self-pleasure routine. And the goal is not orgasm here. The goal is just being in the experience, you know, mm. just like yoga, we are meeting ourselves, however we're feeling. And there's oftentimes we don't feel like actually getting into pleasure, you know, like every time I assign this to anybody, even when I did it myself, I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay. Like I can do it later. I'll do it later. Like, oh, the house is too noisy. I got to clean this. You know, it's, it's amazing to see how much we actually defer pleasure. Mm. And then you get to really investigate like, well, you know, what are the conditions, how, how have we been ingrained that pleasure is conditional, that you have to do something in order to receive pleasure? Wow. Wow. Do you find that there are a lot of barriers up women have to feeling comfortable thinking they deserve pleasure? Oh, yes. So many barriers. Oh my gosh. I mean, We've, you know, we're told to to suppress our sexuality at such a young age. Yeah. Um, and even with the self-pleasure practice, orgasmic yoga, it's like our first moments of touching our body and exploring masturbation, we're told not to do that, you know, mm. to do it in a private space or not do it at all, or that's disgusting or that's wrong. Um, be quiet, you know, so we start creating this muscle memory around our pleasure from such a young age, and this is for men as well, you know, like, and then that draws into our partner sex. And then we start just thinking, okay, it's just orgasm based. Mm -hmm. We don't take the time to actually explore our body. We go straight to the genitals or penetrative sex rather than like 
wait, what is intimacy? Like, how do I want to be touched? Yeah. What are the words that I want to hear coming out of your mouth? What is the fantasy that I want to replay in my mind that brings me to that ecstatic open space to really receive pleasure? Mm-hmm. And it's not based on an orgasm. It's based on this like limitless time and space mm. to enjoy. Yeah, on the experience. The experience, just, yeah. yeah. Not, not there having to necessarily be an outcome, mm-hmm. um, but on the experience of itself being the adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, women are such givers, you know? We, we do find pleasure in giving. And so then when it comes to us receiving, you know, talking about that feminine um, softness, like being able, are we, are you really able to receive mm-hmm. even when somebody truly gives you the time and space to do so? I don't know. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, women don't, I think so often we don't even know that we're not receiving, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. especially society just kind of so often demands that you be everything at once. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to all no, you got to do for yourself and you want to be independent or you want to this or or just circumstance has demanded that from you. There was no other choice. Mm. So like receiving it, there's a lot of practice to that. Mm-hmm. It takes practice. It takes intention. It takes discomfort to kind of attune yourself to the ability to receive. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, continuing with the orgasmic yoga, you give yourself this time you know, the timer goes off. It's like, okay, where were you at? Did you cry? Did you shame yourself? Did you distract yourself for the whole time? Um, And then when you're practicing daily, it's about not just laying in the same position and doing the same thing because it's not about the orgasm. It's about how you can expand pleasure. So, you know, I'm urging you to express different volumes of moaning. Like, what does it feel like to get into your primal instead of just the performative sounds that we generally make? What does it feel like to do it in the shower, to stand up, to dance, to sing, you know, like just getting out of the Mm. routines that we have around um, who we are as sexual beings. Wow. So when you're at the retreat or you're having this experience with you, everyone is mapped. They know where they know where the things are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're falling in love uh-huh. with their bodies. Yeah. You're building a tremendous inner courage mm. is what I'm hearing too. Mm-hmm. You know, your ability to be this profoundly vulnerable, open, seen, and witnessed mm, mm-hmm. by a room full of people. Yeah. <sighs> and then where do they go? What's <laughs> next? Yeah, what's next is day two is all about erotic recess. So erotic recess is we practice masturbation together in a circle as a group, as a group. Yeah. So we're individual. You're, you know, we're not doing any partnered stuff. Um, This is all about you tuning into your own body, Mm -hmm. but it's getting an opportunity to practice in a group. And uh, we go through learning about We've learned our our anatomy. We've learned the anatomy of arousal now. And now we get a practice with with a barbell, which is something that Betty designed, which is a amazing like pleasure tool, um, which allows each woman to also understand how connected she is to her pelvic floor. Mm. Um, 
you know, are you able to breathe in pleasure, relax your muscles, you know, increase the tonality of your muscles? Can you even feel, are you like numbed out? Um, what are the sensations that are alive? And we learn what is called the rock and roll technique. And then we sit in a circle and, and we all get to masturbate and wow. we have the gift of time. So we see what comes up for women around that. And a lot comes up. What do you mean? I think it goes back to again, like, okay, I've had one orgasm and I'm done. Mm. or I can't get there. I'm never going to get there. Or she's having one. I can't have one. Or, oh my gosh, there's all these moans in the room. Like, does that mean, and I'm feeling turned on. Does that mean something like I, you know, I'm bicurious. Like we just wow. have all these judgments around yeah. how we feel sexually. And as what that means, once we leave the room. Yeah. Wow. I know some listening right now are probably, it's just like, pshew, 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 <laughs> right? Like brain opening, heart expansion. What? Yeah. Yeah. Give me, if you would share some advice on, for those hearing about this pleasure practice. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, you know, I feel like I'm now like an evangelist mm -hmm. <laughs> for this. Because something that when I'm working with people, you know, I really share that is your self-care, mm. you know, like a pleasure practice actually fundamentally, that's a part of your self-care for so many reasons, especially once you get past some of the initial healing um, and embodiment and integration that needs to be done with you and your own body. But then as, as a source of joy for you in your day, as fuel for you in your day, as an ability to release, it's just, it's such a powerful component of a very holistic, full self-care practice. Um, <laughs> well, you know what I did before I came here? <laughs> Um, yeah, totally. When, when you can find that, um, that joy in your body and you know that you can access it on your own whenever you want, I mean, that it becomes so much fun. It's like this pleasure, power, you, you know, just like compass, I call it our inner yeah. compass, you know, connecting, um, with our pleasure, our sexual pleasure. And, yeah, I encourage women to do it like in mid-work day, you know, like you need some energy. In like, between Zooms. <laughs> in between like, Zooms. Make sure the camera's closed, being in your room, but. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I, I coach a lot of couples as well. And I think that we have a tendency to forget that we can still access our own pleasure um, when we're in partnership and that's okay. And that's important. It's like an exercise, thing. you know, like we don't just like ask our partner to exercise mm -hmm. us. <laughs> we got to go out and do it ourselves. You brought it, you bring up something that I think is just really important to hear. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear more thoughts on this because, you know, there are couples in partnership who the spouse might feel rejected, unwanted, betrayed because the person that they're with has enjoys solo pleasure and that that somehow means that they're not 
enough or they're not being utilized, you know? Um, Do you have any thoughts on that or how to approach that for those that are in a connection with another? Yeah. Well, I think for a long time, the story has been like, oh, if my man is self-pleasuring or watching porn, then he's cheating on me and or he doesn't want me or why doesn't he want it with me? Why does he want it with himself? And I think that's just a a narrative that we have to ask ourselves, why do we believe that? Yeah. Um, And recognizing now, if you are starting to get curious about your own sexuality and starting to practice with yourself and you can recognize the benefits of having that solo time, Um, then we need to allow space for each partner to have space with themselves. I mean, I have some of the deepest epiphanies and moments when I'm with myself because you, it's different. It's just different, right? When you're having that space without another person and you're not pleasuring or being pleasured. Um, and then to be able to bring that into the partnership, like, Ooh, look what I learned. Or like I had this deep moment of release and now I can come to you with like full adoration and you can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear about it a lot in the opposite scope mm-hmm. of men really having a lot of issue of not being the one to make the woman feel that way or yeah. having discomfort about a woman using a toy because of, you know, is how is it in comparison or, you know, things along that lines. A lot of, a lot of women have fear around exploring themselves because they may feel judged by their partner. Yeah. I mean, you know, for so many men, it's like their job is to come and know all the tools and tricks and Mm. provide. And if they're not, they feel inadequate. And I think it just goes back to that curiosity piece of like, it's not any reflection of a lack in our relationship. It's just important. It's important to have that time. And if you're feeling that, like, I think it's good to talk about it. Mm. You know, why are you feeling that way? Like, how can we deepen our intimacy? How can I show you more of what I like so that you can learn? I think, you know, at the end of the day, we all just want to feel loved and desired. Mm. And then if we're not communicating in between why there's a lack of that, which we all are so sensitive to, that's where the insecurity comes from. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. More retreat. Keep telling me. (laughs) More retreat. So yeah, we, we do the erotic recess. Um, it is so beautiful because, um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm warming the girls up by, we, t- we do a little fantasy round. I kind of, we get to explore what fantasy is, what our hottest sexual movie is. Mm. And so each woman gets to, to share a little bit about that. We do a meditation and then we go into the erotic recess and it's always amazing because it becomes like this, this wave, this crescendo of like one woman will start to have an orgasm and then the, we'll hear it. And then the next woman and the next woman and the next woman. <laughs> And it's so beautiful. It's just like this very pure erotic energy. And and we bring in snacks and then we're still doing it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then eventually, you know, it comes to a close and we talk about our experience. And and that's really the magic um, of what everybody released and explored. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. 
Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deeply. Wow. So self-pleasure as part of a self-care practice. How does one begin to build that? What is the first step and what is the structure that they need to have it? First, you want to ask yourself what your relationship with pleasure is. 
Mm. I get really real with the blocks and the excitement mm. that you have around that. And, and then it's practice, you know, it's somatic practice. It's hands on touching your body. And if that feels hard to go straight to masturbation, uh, if that feels scary or it feels intimidating or, you know, it's something that you never had access to, then start with your breasts, you know, start with, um, allowing yourself to have the space in which you can explore freely without performance. Mm. Yeah. And then doing that daily, doing that daily. And again, it's not about the orgasm. It's about getting comfortable with making space for your pleasure. <sighs> In the work that you do with women, I know that, you know, for so many, there is this kind of barrier to entry, which we've talked about. But what are you finding? What is the freedom that comes with clients that you work with, with the women that leave your retreat, you know, what are you seeing and hearing in the ways that their lives are transforming after this new access and experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm so happy that there's so much more conversation around sexuality right yeah. now and liberation. Um, I don't always think that allows people to have the toolkit of how to approach it, you know? So I love that we're having this conversation and a lot of the women, I hear this, it's like my curiosity overrode my embarrassment. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just that like desire, it's like, I am ready. Like I have been so afraid or I didn't know where to go and I wasn't available. Or I've had this trauma living inside my body, yeah. but I am more curious than I am afraid right now. And that's beautiful. That's so, so beautiful. What are some of what are some of the ways or some of the really those deeper reasons why women need to and deserve to reclaim their body for themselves like this? Mm-hmm. <sighs> You know, I, I have learned so much on my own journey mm. and the reasons are, you know, so you can make, so you can trust yourself, mm. so you can trust the choices that you're making. So you can feel viscerally connected to the shivers down your spine or the uncomfortable feeling in your gut, you know, when you're walking into, a, you know, a job or connecting with a new partner for the first time or having that same like pattern happening. I think that when we make time to connect to our body and connect to our pleasure, we, we unnumb, you know, and that can be really scary because yeah. it's like we're opening this doorway to feel. And once you begin to feel, and once you get really real with what you want mm. romantically, sexually, intimately in your life, you know, what is meant for you, what you deserve. There's no turning back from that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You set the bar higher and higher each moment and each, you know, time that you touch your body, each time that you are being touched by another person because you can feel. And so I think it's so important, especially if women are really wanting to reclaim 
how this world is. Yeah. Um, and also to, to be a healthy and safe space for a partnership for men to also see how they fit into this reclamation because there's been a big divide. I think the conversation has been like, how are women finding their power and how do men fit into that? <laughs> mm, speak to that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll just, you know, speak from my experience with my clients. I have so many men that I work with also. And so men can do this type of work as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what does that look like for men? Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, it's making time and space to practice self-pleasure. Um, again, it's in a non-performative way. Yeah. Um, you know, our bodies work differently. We get aroused at different rates. And but also it can be so joyous to be in a, in a space of stripping away the shame of like, it is okay to feel primal and sexual mm. and, you know, want and desire. Um, I think men have also been told like, don't do that. That's not okay. Quiet that. Don't bring your full energy. Um, and that needs to be reversed also mm. to feel okay in your body. Um and then it's again, like the performative piece, like men have to stay hard. Many men have to wait for the women to come or else mm -hmm. they're not okay, not being sensitive or intuitive. And it's like that you didn't just like grow up and learn all those tricks. Yeah. <laughs> Sex is learned. Sex is learned. God, that's such an important point. Sex is learned. Like you're not just good at it your first time. You do have to practice. You do have to like find yourself in it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to me, and especially in hearing about your work with men, something we spoke about earlier in the episode was women being able to connect to their authentic moan, their signature sound, mm. the way that sound moves through their body when they experience pleasure. And so many men, you know, you hear a lot about men being very silent or just kind of like maybe talking at you, like if you're engaged in that way. But men having the freedom to learn their authentic sound and moan is such a vulnerable, beautiful place to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds can be very intimidating. And there's a lot of intimidation around, um, you know, dirty talking or sexual talk yeah. because we tend to, okay, we're getting intimate, we're kissing, and now we're not talking at all. We're just doing and touching and like assuming, does this feel good? Does that feel good? Well, but we don't know actually. And so once we, again, going back to the self-pleasure practice, it's like the more you're practicing with yourself, the more you're like, mm -hmm, this does feel good. Yeah. Like whisper in my ear, what feels good or what you're doing to me, because you know, it's not just our body that gets aroused. It's our mind. Mm. And we want to know what our partner's feeling. And yeah, we want to hear those like grunts and groans and that turns us on. Like at the end of the day, we are still animals and, you know, sex is that beautiful, um, untamed space of being able mm. to let go wow. of all the things we're holding on to in our day to day. Yeah. The release. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. When you're working with men, do you work with couples? I do work with couples. I love working with couples. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that experience like with couples? Because that has to be... Um, quite the container to hold there there's two there's two separate agendas and then there's one shared agenda 
Yeah. So a lot of my couple clients, uh, they are either they they just had a child and mm. their intimate life has just changed a lot and they're trying to figure out what it looks like now. Um, or they've had some kind of uh, disrupt in the relationship, maybe trust um, or um, some, you know, earlier childhood trauma is starting to come out and, and they're not having sex anymore. Um, or they're like both very sexual, explorative, and they're like, what's the next level we can get to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but in all of those experiences, it's, it's about, doesn't matter how fresh the relationship is or how long you've been in a relationship, coming back to let's create communication. Mm. Let's meet each other for the first time and ask the questions that we maybe never asked or now we're assuming um, so that we know how, what pleasure feels like mm. and in what ways we want to receive it. We want to hear it, how we value being valued, seen, wanted. Yeah. Something that has been really inspiring to me <clears throat> as I've been attuned to my understanding of pleasure being such a core part of healing, of embodiment, of liberation. Um, you know, I believe pleasure, having a pleasure practice makes me a better mom. It makes me a better businesswoman. It makes me a better person stuck in traffic. It makes mm -hmm. me better in every mm -hmm. facet of the way that I show up in the world. And it's the pleasure practice. It's the release. It's the joy. It's also the ability to just now feel like you know your body by heart, mm -hmm. like every area of your body is known to you mm -hmm. um, and is in use to you and in service to you in this experience. Um, so that that is something I think is just, just profoundly beautiful. Um, and it's been, since I've been attuned to this understanding, it's been really incredible seeing this movement expand at the pace and at the speed it's been expanding with in the world. And it's been really cool to see women of all ages connect to this work. You know, you mentioned having clients who were in their 60s and a movie that I've shared on this show quite a bit that I really thought mm -hmm. was just wonderful was, um, I think, oh, I think it was Good Luck to You. Yeah, Leo, Leo Grant, Grant or yeah. Thanks for Everything, Leo Grant. It's on Hulu, starring Emma Thompson. Um, and in the movie, she is a woman who is in her 60s and she receives the help of someone who is a sexology body worker. I say that loosely. They don't use that title in the film, but that's how I'm how I take it. And um you know, one of the things she talked about her character in the movie is that she was in her 60s. Her husband had just died. They had been married for 35 years and she had never experienced an orgasm ever in her entire life in her 60s. And that with the husband that she was with for 30 plus years, they had sex once in a while in the exact same position for the exact same amount of time for the entirety of their relationship. And I think, you know, hearing something like that, and I'm sure you hear that in your work, mm -hmm. it's incredibly sad. 
And it's incredibly exciting because it's never too late and there's still opportunity to have that. But if anyone listening is having a similar experience, no matter your age, at any moment, there's another choice that can be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our sexual evolution is a continuous. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting to know that, you know, we are not who we were when we were 15 or 30 and we're not going to be the same way when we're 50 and 60 and 80, you know, it, pleasure is going to look different along the way. And it's about creating that constant conversation with ourselves and with our partners. And I think that's, again, why the self-pleasure practice is so important because it's like every time you're in practice, you're having that conversation. Well, how is my body feeling today? Like, where is my desire? Um, how is this going to help me show up better in my conversation that I'm about to have with my partner? How can I come from the reverence of like my inner most solid being rather than some other kind of egotistical desire or need for somebody to fulfill that yeah. for me? Um, yeah, it's, it's a magical space to connect with your body in that way. One of the things that you spoke to um, earlier in the episode was the way that we begin to understand our bodies and even being able to witness a parent naked or in flow with their own body. Um, You know, the work that you do and the kind of conversations that you have and that we're having now, they're brand new. You know, this is, there were probably a few sprinkled throughout history, right? And, And there were definitely... Like Betty Dotson, you're pioneers in this space. You're radical pioneers. But the freedom within which we're able to have this conversation on microphones, on a broadcast, you know, these are conversations that are so new for us and so revolutionary. And I always think, you know, we are having conversations that will be the normal society for our children. Mm -hmm. So how do we meet those needs in real time as we're learning these things? And I think, you know, I know in your work and and absolutely in my work, I hear so many stories from people on ways that they were shamed in their sexuality very early, Mm -hmm. ways that they were shamed with their genitalia very early. Um, And sometimes in the sense of don't ever look at it, don't ever touch it, stop it. You know, that's gross. Don't do that. Um, And those experiences shape the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and inform the way you treat yourself and others for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So with what we're beginning to know now, what are ways that we can support our children, our family systems in not just being in peace with their bodies, but like being in like the deepest acceptance and surrender to their physical bodies mm. and being curious and and feeling free to be curious in whatever their pleasure or sexual expressions may be. Yeah. I mean, we were talking a little bit about this last night. And as you know, I'm a mom. I have an 11 year old boy, you know, just at the the cusp of really going into his puberty and So it's been something that's been really close to home. And it's one thing to be a sex positive person and in tune with your own sexuality. Mm. And it's a whole nother field to be prepared for the conversations that you're going to have with your children and how you decide to express yourself or not express yourself around your kids. 
And I think it's really important to think about that well ahead of the years that you're going to have those conversations. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not only um, because in this day, modern era, kids have so much more access to things and are seeing sexuality so much more vividly um, in media and songs and all around. Um, So they are going to explore sooner and we can't pretend like we're dumb to that fact. And then it's like when your kid comes to you or they say something to you, like, are you going to spit out that same thing that was spat out to you? Mm. Or are you going to feel comfortable enough expressing that you're still working through what it means to be a sex positive person? And what does that look like to be a sex positive parent? And what does that look like? (laughs) Yeah, that's, you know, I think it's first deciding what, what your personal values are around Mm. sexuality and how that looks in your life. And being sex positive is, you know, first and foremost, not shaming somebody else's experience. Um, and as a parent, when, our, when we see our kids exploring their bodies, giving them the words, the toolkit, the space to understand that pleasure is a birthright Mm. and pleasure should be explored. And like, here's a safe space to do that and to understand what sexual agency is Mm. to the, so they have the verbiage and understanding that this is my body. It's okay to explore my body. Um, It's not okay for somebody else to explore my body yet. Um, You know, that's a different conversation at a different age. I mean, this is a whole nother episode, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always think about that because it's so deeply embedded in the work that I do. Why do we feel repressed in our own bodies? It goes back to that very first moment when we start exploring when we're young and the messages we get. So if we want to change that script right now for our children and for mm. the conversations and for men and women to, to have the language to respect other people's bodies and pleasure then we need to inform our children that that's okay. Mm. What are some ways, what are some tools that parents listening can start using when it comes to their kids? For instance, if you have a little one who is really interested in their body, what are ways that you can nourish that, but also make sure that they are kept safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's letting them know that it's perfectly fine to feel the feelings that they're feeling and to explore their body and that their body is filled with um, information and Mm. to do it in a space that is safe. So in their bedroom, you know, in the shower, in the bathtub. Yeah. um, You know, letting them again know that it's it's not for somebody else to participate in when they're young. Um, we start, you know, having to have those conversations of, of agency and this is my body, that's your body. Um, but just, you know, we, children see our reactions. We don't even have to say anything. (laughs) And then that's imprinted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, practicing beforehand, like with your partner, if you have one, or if you're a single parent, like, 
when it comes to be that day when my kid asks me, and hopefully you've had enough open conversations so that they will come ask you, like, I know there's going to be a time when you're going to be curious about porn or what you're going to be curious about, um, you know, masturbation, like you can come talk to me about that. And then rehearsing before they come talk to you, (laughs) what you're going to say to them. Yeah. Get the tools. We got, you know, that's such a, I love the idea of rehearsing before, because I think what we don't say enough as parents is like, take the time to do some research, Mm -hmm. like make notes, you know, the, every conversation doesn't have to be spontaneous. Like let's give ourselves space to prep for these really important conversations with the really important people in our lives. Mm -hmm. The same way we would prep for work or for a meeting or for something that we want. Right. So it's like, yeah, make a little script, like take the time to do some back-end research about this. And as you said, check in with my inner values. Where do I really stand with this? And what is my hope for how my child will accept themselves and their bodies? Yeah. And I know for me and for every woman I work with, like if somebody had told me like, explore your body first, Like figure out what pleasure feels like to you. Like you be the navigator of your own body because so many of our first experiences are being done too and us learning through somebody else's experience with us. And it's like, wow, wow, if I had given myself that orgasm and given myself like that 30 minutes to explore pleasure and I could teach somebody what that felt like and I knew that was okay, now I have the language and the reverence within myself to now create a sexual experience that feels aligned with who I am. That is so powerful. And I think that is so deeply relatable. When you just said, you know, for so many, the first experience with your body is really through the lens of someone else and what they're doing to it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I feel that that is such a beautiful call to action for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like really sit and think about that. Think about that. Think about that. Be with that thought. And then what is some, in some instances, repair that we can do to that? Or what is some new experience and curiosity, you know, that we can shine on to that? That's so beautiful. As our time comes to a close, at the end of every episode, we do some soul work. And so it is something, either an exercise, a thought, a prompt, um, a tool that can be explored for this next week as everyone integrates this conversation and lets themselves meditate on it, journal on it, see where it fits and lands in their own life. So I'd like to offer to you um, a teaching that you may have in this moment for everyone to take away. Yeah, thank you. Well, since we've been focusing so much on self-pleasure and what that means and what that looks like, I would love to invite 
anyone that feels comfortable and curious and excited about this conversation to take some time this week to get in tune with your body, to eye gaze in the mirror, to just look at yourself and see and ask what is pleasure, um, to tap into, you know, an erotic experience with yourself. I actually have a really incredible vulva mapping workbook um, on my website that you can get for free. So I want to invite everyone to get that. It's a beautiful 10 pages long. It has different practices and to go through that and see what feels good and yummy and maybe challenging and what comes up. And if you have a partner, you can do that with a partner too. You know, eye gaze um, track each other without an expectation of it needing to be a, an orgasmic based experience and practice intimacy in that way. Wow. I love that. I hope everyone will take the time to do that. If you feel called Simone, how can everyone connect with you and how could they get on a retreat with you? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so you can find all of my stuff on Instagram at The Pleasure Plus. Um, also my website, thepleasureplus.com. And I am having a retreat. I'm so excited. It's going to be in Mexico again. It's going to be this October, October 22nd through the 27th. And this retreat is, um, is going to be like the precursor to all the body sex stuff. So it's going to be... Um, a lot about femininity. It's going to be about nervous system regulation. It's about going to be about deep rest and sensuality. Um, and and then I'll be hosting my workshops, two day body sex workshops in California, starting in December. So you can sign up on my website. Wow! Thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you do in the world. Thank you for sharing this work on the show. Deep admiration. Mm, Thank you, Debbie. Such a pleasure. Do the work. Get in touch. (sighs) Connect to pleasure. As Simone said, it is your birthright. And whether you're taking pleasure in the sense of sexual exploration or just giving yourself the opportunity to open to a more joyfulness, delightful, and pleasurable way of being, It is a worthy investment of your time. Much love. Namaste. Connect with me on social at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or you can go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, don't forget, please rate, review, and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Deeply Well is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jacquees Thomas, Samantha Timmons, and me, Debbie Brown. The beautiful sound bath you heard? That's by Gerilyn Glass from Crystal Cadence. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Is 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.